As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Who's got the biggest personality in this family? Uh, Stefan and Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> what jersey did you bring? What number is it? Who that is? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> no, what jersey did you bring? Who you been waiting to meet? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Dad. Why are you being silly? I mean, yeah, first <laughs> Come on, let's go. I'm going to pray for Dak Prescott. He's my favorite quarterback in my whole entire world. Wow, yes. I want his phone number. <laughs> what you gonna say to him? What's up? Hi. What's up, big man? Hi. How you doing? Fine. What's your name? Aiden. Aiden? Mm-hmm. So, you're Patrick Mahomes. You think I'm Patrick Mahomes <laughs> still? Whose jersey is this? I mean, I'm not Patrick Mahomes, or are you Dak Prescott? Yeah. So, good to see you. So good to see you. <laughs> So you can't keep getting me and Patrick confused. Yeah, you got I don't have the that. hair. He's got the hair. So He's got that, the hair like you. Dak Prescott. I'm Dak Prescott. It's good to see you. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Okay, we've had this game circled for a long time. Cowboys, Chiefs. Looks like it finally might live up to the hype, at least for the Cowboys side of things. They're hot right now, but the Chiefs, getting hot. Just beat the Raiders 41-14. The Cowboys and Chiefs will face off this Sunday, 325 on Fox. We're here to preview it all on another episode of About Them Cowboys. Welcome in. I'm Kent. Joined by the Bash Brothers of all things, Dallas Cowboys podcasting. First, from sports and such, set your DVRs accordingly this Saturday. It's Kevin K.T. Turner. And as always, from The Athletic, Father John Mishota. Take it away, K.T. Thank you very much, Kent. And as you said, we have had this one circled for a while. Pretty excited for Cowboys Chiefs America's Game of the Week, of course. Sunday, 325 at Arrowhead. First of all, John, have you been to Arrowhead before? I haven't. Super pumped about this one. This is one that when we were going through the schedule when it came out and I, you know, we're coming off of COVID and I'm not knowing if I'm going to get to go to many games, if any at all. This was number one on my list that I wanted to go to. I was gonna, I was gonna drive if I had to, but uh, fortunately, I get to fly. And no, I have not been there. 
uh, super geeked about this one. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm uh, excited too. And I, I think for me, I've never been to Arrowhead either and I, I won't be making the trip, but that's fine. That's fine. You have fun and let in report back and let us know. <laughs> um, but I, it, it is kind of the perfect time of year, a little pre Thanksgiving. It's probably going to be, uh, it's not going to be too cold, but it's going to be, you know, kind of a little windy, um, just kind of that good 325 where it kind of gets dark early. I mean, this is, this is the things that you think about when you think about football. So pretty excited about this game. And man, just when you th- think the Chiefs are kind of, uh, you know, losing track and they're a little uh, out over their skates a little bit, they kind of get it back together against the Raiders on Sunday night, destroying them 41 to 14. And I don't know, there's a part of me that says, hey, the Raiders are a big mess right now. They've had a lot go on. <laughs> it was a bad month for the Raiders. If you look at everything that's happened with them, but the Chiefs looked way different than the team that played the previous Sunday against Green Bay in a game that, quite frankly, they barely skated by the Packers with Jordan Love at quarterback. So I really don't know what Chiefs team you're going to get. But if uh, Jordan get Love the- is the truth, KT. No, nah, he's not very good. <laughs> you know, really, the Packers' special teams is what cost I'm convinced them the game, he sucks. Though. That's why they're dealing with this BS from Rodgers, because they know Jordan Love has nothing, nothing That's to give. definitely part of it. It's definitely part of it. Like, 100% comfort, and he's not ever going to take my job. But yeah, Chiefs, I just need to Brett peak Favre, at the right time. That's Brett Chief, Favre yeah. would have had Chief. a few more years if Jordan Love was behind him, not Aaron Rodgers. They wouldn't have been – there would have been no – decision for McCarthy to make or anybody else in Green Bay to move on to Rodgers. If it was Jordan Love behind Brett Favre, Brett Favre would have probably finished out his career in Green Bay. Well, I've been weirded out by the amount of like Patriots talk this week nationally the last couple days. And I'm like, did y'all not watch the Chiefs play on Sunday night? Because that's the team. That's still the team in the AFC to me. Um, Maybe Buffalo, you could get me there. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to find it. And they kind of found it on Sunday night. They kind of got a little cute in the red zone a little earlier in the season. You can kind of see it if you watch them. And they're, they're the national game a lot. They're hard to avoid. Dude, that Chiefs team is good. And this is, this to me, this could be the Super Bowl preview right here. Yeah, you never want to play Patrick, Holmes, Patrick Mahomes the week after he threw for over 400 yards, five touchdowns. I don't care if they played the Lions, the Jags, whoever. That's not when you want to play him. And because he... That team's going to go as he goes, and you definitely don't want him getting on the same page with Kelsey, which they obviously weren't doing as much earlier in the season. Kelsey had, what was it, 10 targets, caught eight for 119. Tyreek Hill, seven catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns. These are not the things that you wanted to see going into this game, but at the same time, while you look at that, you also got to kind of consider, what did you think is going to happen in the playoffs anyway? Like, you're not going to get... Maybe in the first round, if you don't get the bye, maybe you'll play like a, a weak quarterback matchup. But after that, divisional round, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, you're going to go against a good quarterback. And so why not go out there and, and see what you got against old Mahomes? I mean, I still think that he is enough to to make them a Super Bowl contender regardless of what else is going on. I mean, I just think he's that special of a player. So... I'm really looking forward to just watching him play. And then, but the other thing is I'm just really looking forward to the possibility of, you know, the Falcons went into that game last week. You could tell when they were going for it on fourth down early on, they want, they knew it was going to be some type of a shootout. They don't, they didn't have the weaponry for a shootout. The chiefs do. 
And so I'm thinking that that, like you said, it's not going to be your like late December cold game. It's supposed to be like about 55 on Sunday. Like I see a high scoring game, a lot of passing, exciting, uh, two MVP caliber quarterbacks going at it. Like, I mean, just I'm, I can't wait for this game. Yeah, I think the Cowboys, it feels like want to try to run the ball. The Chiefs don't. It's pretty open. Like, and Patrick threw it 50 times against the Raiders the other night. It's pretty obvious that they're not trying to throw, uh, that they're not trying to, to run the ball. And that's why I think the Cowboys have a little more balanced attack than, than the Chiefs do right now. Um, they've obviously better running backs in Pollard and Zeke compared to, to Williams. And maybe they'll give it to Gore a couple times and, and things like that. The Cowboys definitely have a more balanced attack offensively. Can kind of probably hold the ball and win time of possession and things like that. And I think those are some things that are kind of huge. Chiefs are trying to rip it down the field. They're it's very clear what they're doing. They're just going to be better at it than maybe Atlanta, who also couldn't run the ball, and we knew that going in. I'm not sure that the Chiefs can't run the ball. I think they can. I just don't think they have the patience and the desire to do that. And that's where I think a, a big chess match comes in between. Um, between Dan Quinn and Steve Spagnola, I think you start talking about defensive checkers and, and or defensive chess. You know, obviously we got good play callers. We know that as well. And I think there's a lot of game within the game stuff that I'm super excited about because it might come down to uh, which team can be more patient. And honestly, I think Dak's more patient than Patrick Mahomes, at least right now. You know, Mahomes is trying to rip it down the field as much as possible. If the Cowboys can stay patient, take what the defense gives them, feel pretty good about them not being able to be stopped. No, that's a good point, KT, because as of Tuesday afternoon as we record this, it seems like things are trending in the right direction for Tyron Smith. And so if you have him back at left tackle, you know, Lyle has now had two games get under his belt back while starting this past week at right tackle. I think that it makes sense that if you can go downhill on them, and you can run the ball and keep Mahomes on the sideline, that sounds like a great recipe for beating that team. But if it turns into a shootout, that'll be exciting too because you certainly know that you have the weapons to do that as well. Yeah, they're, starting, they're starting to feel some confidence in the offensive line. Just as somebody who produces a Chiefs podcast multiple times a week, starting to feel a lot of confidence in that offensive line and offensively. I think their path to victory is is you know establish the, the pass blocking and let, let Mahomes cook. You know, yeah, but they can run it if they want to, if they need to, but I don't think they would prefer that. How is yeah, that podcast? How are those guys feeling about their defense though? Not great. Yeah. And you know, look, their defense, I kind of thought they were, see, it's, that's the whole thing. Cause the, the, the close game, uh, I didn't rewatch chiefs and Raiders. Usually I try to rewatch the, the previous game, but I just kind of locked in Sunday night and, and watched it and felt good about it. But you know, when I watched the Chiefs play the Packers two weeks ago, you can't take anything from that because it was Jordan Love, right? So it's like, oh, their defense is kind of flying around a little bit. Well, what but, about the game right before that one, though, against the Giants? Yeah. 20, 20 to 17? I mean, that wasn't exactly inspiring. You know, it was offensive line stuff, and that's where I think Kent made a good point right there. Is that they're starting to feel a little bit better about their offensive line because they were starting rookies at center, right guard, and right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, running out Andrew Wiley as a third string right tackle, you know, and and there was a play in that game against the Giants, and I remember this specifically because it was a, that was a Manning cast game, um, and there was a play where Peyton Manning kind of stopped and, and uh, kind of showed what Mahomes was looking at, and you've got Kelsey, I don't know if it was Kelsey or Hill running wide open over the middle, 
But Pat Mahomes doesn't see him because he's looking behind. His head is turned and he's looking behind and to the right at the pass rush that's coming for him and not looking down the field because he just wasn't comfortable. Boy, he looked comfortable Sunday night. That looked like old Pat Mahomes. And, hey, I guess guys are allowed to have a slump every once in a while, right? Like, <laughs> you're allowed to, like, have a few bad games, I guess. But I, I feel like it's over. And I, I I was kind of thinking that before it happened. I was very curious to see how they came out against the Raiders. Because, like, how long is this going to go? Because I'm not going to be the guy that puts them in their coffin. Um, and then I was kind of shocked to see the last couple of days. Everyone's kind of talking about Mac Jones and the Patriots. I'm like, man, I think y'all need to pay attention to what the Chiefs were doing. I, I mean, this is where... This is going to be the most fun game of the year. I think people are just surprised that we're at week 10 and the Patriots look like they've already put it together with a rookie quarterback to be a contender in the AFC. I think that's it's more of a surprise. People know the Chiefs are going to are going to be the Chiefs at some point, <laughs> you know. It, yeah, they knew it was coming. Yeah, they know that it's kind of a mirage for Mahomes to throw for 166 yards in a game. That's not like who he's going to be forever, I don't think. So so yeah, they're they're coming out of it, and it sucks for the Cowboys. And then also, it's the fact that Patrick Mahomes, you know, grew up a Cowboys fan. This is this is going to be a game he's going to get up for. I mean, not that he doesn't get up for every game, but there's got to be a little bit something extra here. It's your first time playing against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I just I find it hard to believe, as good as the defense has played for the Cowboys at times, that they're going to shut him down. Like I just. I mean, I think your best recipe for the Cowboys would be to either one, have a lot of success on the ground running the ball, or two, kind of like the it starts out like the Falcons game, where if it's going to be high scoring, you get out and you score first, and you got a little bit of momentum on your side. You do not want to have to throw and play catch up against Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And so, hey, I, I can tell you this, I, I don't expect a Denver game again from the Cowboys, not this week, not against this team. You know, that's the one thing about it. Like there won't be any sleeping on this chiefs team all week. They'll be, they'll be preparing for a super bowl contending chiefs team. If they would have played them three weeks ago, I don't know necessarily if they would have felt that way. You know, the first thing I thought of when I thought about the chiefs, uh, kind of getting in the headspace of thinking about this game and previewing this game. The first thing I thought of is, Hey man, Dorrance Armstrong played great on Sunday. But it would be huge if you had Randy Gregory here. Obviously, Tank, you know, you've kind of processed that, that he's not going to be around for the game. But, like, okay, Dorrance Armstrong, really you want us to be memorable? Like, you really want to be remembered? It's going to have to be Sunday. We need you to have a big game again on Sunday. And I don't know if that's something I think you can kind of bank on. I mean, if there's any game that you wish you had Randy Gregory here for, this is, this is the one. That's going to be a thing. Because Patrick, obviously – uh, feels pressure very well, does a great job extending plays, things like that. But there's also something to when you rush and keep and contain and, and trying to keep him limited to, in the spaces that he can go. And, you know, part of that's going to be on Dan Quinn drawing up some cool blitzes and things like that. And Micah Parsons getting in the mix and stuff like that. But, but it's a bad week to have your backup defensive ends running out there. One thing about the defense for the Cowboys that is going to be interesting to watch is Trayvon Diggs because Patrick Mahomes will not be hesitant to throw in his area. And Diggs is going to love that. You know, I mean, Mahomes is not shy about fitting a ball into a tight window, regardless of who the corner is on the receiver. So that's going to be a fantastic matchup to watch whoever Trayvon Diggs is on. Um, but really, it, it's also the, the Kelsey and Tyreek Hill matchups. Like, 
Jordan Lewis is obviously going to factor in on on that. He, he's coming off of his best game of the season last week. So maybe he factors in and he's on Tyreek Hill. I'm sure they'll be mixing things up. Uh, but with Kelsey, I'm sure J. Ron Curse is going to be a factor there. With Micah, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I know a lot of fans want Micah just to be a DN, but I think in this situation, you got to do what you did last week and, and, and allow him to play that traditional linebacker role like he has been playing on first and second down and let him go downhill on third down. But I like him kind of running all over the field, um, kind of like what I thought was Okay, so to me, Micah's two most highlight games that I that I watched from when he was at Penn State were obviously his last one in, against Memphis in, in the Cotton Bowl. But then there was a game against Ohio State when Justin Fields is the quarterback, and Micah did a good job of kind of making him uncomfortable. I don't remember the final score, but I'm just talking about Micah highlights. There just seemed to be a lot from that game. I, I don't I don't necessarily need him being my edge rusher going downhill. Mahomes stepping away from it effortlessly like he can do, and then all of a sudden Mike is out of the play. I'd rather him kind of more the linebacker freelancing like we saw last week. Yeah, in, in the middle of the field with the Chiefs like to use a lot. You know, Kelsey over the middle of the field, Tyreek Hill running crossers. They do that a lot. And having Micah Parsons kind of in the way there helps, but you also do, you know, you want to get you want to get some some semblance of a pass rush. And that's where I just kind of wonder where that's going to come from. And I, I don't know. But it is easier to get a pass rush when you know it's a team that's going to be passing a lot. You know, you're, you're, it's easier to get get uh, I guess, uh, to get prepared for a play when their tendencies are going to tell you they're going to be running the ball a lot. I mean, they're going to be running the ball very little and going to be throwing the ball a ton. And maybe well, the that way that you get to the quarterback every once in a while. The way they were going downhill on Matt Ryan will not be the same way that they defend Patrick yeah. Mahomes. This will be more of one of those Aaron Rodgers types games where you remember Rod Marinelli saying you want to keep him in a well. And the reason why I think it'll go that way is because Mike McCarthy is really big on this whole 2.3 seconds thing. Basically, when the ball snapped, if you set a stopwatch at 2.3 seconds is when he evaluates it as the first, the first part of the play being over. They like to keep plays to be 2.3 seconds or under. If you're rushing in on Patrick Mahomes and he gets a chance to get out of the pocket that he does so well, obviously this works. Dak does it well too. Then that goes over 2.3. That's the second part of the play. That's when big plays happen. And especially with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. So I don't get the sense that they're going to be just going downhill on him and trying to, I think they're going to be trying to keep him kind of contained so that he doesn't get outside and create those really big plays down the field. Um, John, do you remember Marinelli Madness? I do. Gosh, that was greatness. You remember this KT? I remember, I remember he had a, he actually had a, uh, I think he had a overhead projector slide of, a cartoon version of Aaron Rodgers in an actual well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's on, uh, we had yeah, so they a, uh, showed this on All or Nothing, right? Yes. Yeah. So we have we had an editor that worked in um, in Cowboys TV who basically they assigned to Marinelli for the whole season and say, <laughs> you know, Rod, anything you need, this is your guy. And Marinelli would come up with these these like hype videos for his linemen that he would show them the last thing on Friday. And he would have these crazy slides uh, of all these insane attack videos like that you would see on like <laughs> E-Bombs World or something. It was always like cheetahs attacking, uh, you know, a gazelle or something like that. It, you know, the one video of like the lizard running away from the snake or whatever uh, that was on like planet Earth. That was a big one that he used. But he would, yeah, Photoshop 
Aaron Rodgers on on whatever the target would be and use that to explain how we want to attack this person or defend this person. But he would put these together these, you know, two minute just insane videos <laughs> that were like honestly kind of like the ring. The movie The Ring, where it's just a cut of just random yeah. clips of stuff, and it's almost like, I guess Gabe in the office calls it the cinema of the unsettling. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what was that? But it's supposed to, I guess, inspire the troops before it. But um, gosh, like I miss Rob Marinelli. Yeah, yeah, they showed exactly. a little clip of it on All or Nothing, and I was, I would always watch him every week and, and tell our editor, I'd be like, gosh, if you put, we put one of these online, it would go absolutely great for one of these ever, we could ever post one for real, you know, or, or as content other than just internal use. But um, the way that these coaches come up with uh, inspiring these guys is, is hilarious. You know, they'll moonwalk on you. They'll smash a watermelon on you. They'll get a mojo moment on you. And, and Austin Powers on you. And? Monkey Go ahead, butt. KT. Monkey butt. Monkey butt. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. Like to me, when that came out, I immediately went. Cringe. Okay. Well, it's a Tom Pelissero thing there, so <laughs> why did he feel the need to tell Tom Pelissero that it was red ass week? Because they won. I'm a little confused. It's awesome, dude. Because they I'm won because confu- they won forty three to three. Yeah, because they won. That's right. I mean, do you not follow the pattern? These because they won. Out. These don't here, come out yeah, after here's, losses. Here's the method. Here's why we won. It's because of something different that What's I the did thing? during the week that that inspired everybody. Yeah. What did they do on Friday before the? On. What did they do on Friday before the Denver game? I don't know. Nobody knows because they got beat badly. I don't know what that they will did never with get the monkey out. butt. To be honest, the monkey butt propelled them to a forty to three win. So were they using the monkey butt or were they just joking around about it? It was a joke about red ass week, they were calling it, because yeah, of how they got blown out and embarrassed and they should have red ass from, I guess, the way that they were beaten. And so on, I didn't even know what this stuff was. I guess it kind of ties back to that Ezekiel Elliott video and uh, <laughs> where, chafing. He, where, yeah, where he needed the, the, the baby powder before practice uh, for his gooch. But anyway, um, so <laughs> on the actual on bottle, fire. it was on fire. So on the actual it. bottle, there's a monkey, I think, applying this to his behind and his behind is red. And so I think that's why Mike did it. So I guess they, they passed out bottles of it in the in the locker room. They were, it was all over the locker room. So I look, it's more creative than probably anything Garrett ran out in terms of motivation. Although I could never know that. I should not comment on that if I'm not there and seeing those things. Garrett would just give speeches. He would just tell some story. That was like his, his way. You know, he'd just get up there and be like 25 years ago, Michael Irvin walked into the room and it was one of those types of things. It wasn't, there wasn't any creativity involved in, 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 um, you know, gazelles attacking lions or anything like that. Really? There were t-shirts with slogans. T-shirts. There was creativity. Well, there's some signs, but yeah, talking about his his like Friday. Everyone night has a different game. way. The Friday night before the game, he wasn't bringing in. Oh, actually, he was bringing in props. I shouldn't say that. The yeah, I'm pretty sure they went in, opponent. I'm pretty sure they went an entire season carrying a mannequin around. They with did. Road <laughs> they had to. They carried it around in a body bag too. This was very right. suspect. So, the plane so, pulls so up, weird. and the first thing that gets off is a body bag. See the equipment guys. I think all coaches do it. I just think for some teams, the stuff doesn't get out as much as it does with other teams. But I think, 
I just would find it hard to believe that, especially with coaches, like say whatever you want about Jason Garrett. He's like an NFL lifer because his dad was with the Cowboys. Like, yeah, Mike McCarthy's been in the NFL for a long time, well before even the Packers. Like, they're doing these things because some version of it they've seen somewhere else. And like Mike McCarthy said with the monkey butt thing, <laughs> which is just great to say. But anyway. Um, it is great. It's one of those things where it's like, he's like, this is a long season. So you got to try and keep guys loose and things like that. And he did say to us on Friday that he thought the team was kind of tight during the week. Like, it was almost like they were too locked in or too like I, I, I'm not focused, but almost like, you know, to be at your best, you got to play a little bit loose. You know, you got to play yeah. with a little and, and, and to be honest with you, this is going to go down a completely different path, but just something I was thinking about rewatching the game today. The Cowboys defense feeds so much off of the way the offense plays. Like you look at the beginning of that Denver yeah. game, like that the defense wasn't bad on those first couple of series, but when the offense wasn't doing anything, everything kind of started to erode. And I just, it's like, it's the feeling of like, I, I almost feel like with the defense, when they know the offense is clicking, like Dak is at his best and they're clicking, it's almost like you can play like a little bit leaning forward. Like we're going to be a little aggressive. Whereas when you're when they're not playing like that, you're a little bit just a step back on your heels. Like, ah, well, let's just, let's not try and do, you know, we're not doing anything on offense where you can be aggressive on defense and go downhill on the team when your offense is doing that. Because you're like, oh, oh, I let this deep ball go. Oh, oh, they scored on this drive. Well, our offense is going to score right back. We'll get him on the next one. Trayvon's due to get a pick. Michael will cause something here. Randy will get home. You know, like something will happen here. But when the offense isn't doing anything, that's when everything kind of falls apart with this team. And so I think what Mike was saying is they were kind of too tight during the week. And and because he because he referenced the fact of like loosening things up on Friday because he didn't want to take away what kind of got them to where they were there. And that is kind of playing loose and, and feeling good and, and having a good time. And that's clearly how, I mean, this is a tight knit group. Obviously winning helps that, but I think that that kind of fed into the whole monkey butt thing. No, no, no. I, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I was just kind of, kind of joking around because I, I think it's anything that's interesting. I don't think it's, it's not, yeah, it's not as funny if it's, if you just say baby powder. Yeah. Well, Saying it's also, monkey butt is what makes it where you cannot possibly take it serious. It's, it's also not lost on me. And I think I've, if I apologize, if I mentioned this on this podcast before, when we think about these guys practice and play, no, it's also long days of watching tape, late, uh, lifting weights, stuff with the trainer, nutritionist, all that stuff, long days in the classroom. And by week 10, you're on your third or fourth month in a row of doing this every single day. And you're beat it up. Easy, Everyone's dealing it, with injuries. Yeah. It is easy to get burnt out. And I'll, I think that's how you get Buffalo losing to Jacksonville 9-6 to six a couple weeks ago. And I think that's how you get a team like uh, Arizona kind of farting around the other day. And how it, it happened to Dallas. Like, it's about that time of the year when those types of things can pop up. And you, and, know, you know what else helps with that? Is having offensive and defensive play callers that keep things interesting. You know, they mm -hmm. go away from the whole, like, this is what we are and this is what we do. It's It keeps it interesting to every week. You might be doing something a little different to the to the fact that, well, this week we're going to have Connor McGovern lining up out wide and we're going to have him in the red sure. zone, you know, dot in the eye. Like, we're, like we're going to do these different things. We're going to do these different reverses and stuff like that. Not on every play, not on every series, maybe not in every, maybe not even once every three series, but once in a while, just to keep things interesting, to keep the defense on their toes, keep the off opposing offense on their toes. But it also keeps guys locked in because it's creative and there's different things. It's not the same thing every week to where, 
Okay, that might work for some teams, like, you know, maybe some veteran Patriots teams and things like that. But like with this particular group, a lot of young guys, I think it's good to go about it that way. But even actually with the Patriots thinking about that, though, I don't even I wouldn't even say that with them, because during that entire Super Bowl run, I think one of the best things during their dynasty outside of Tom Brady was that Bill Belichick always had different game plans. They would do different things from week to week that you'd be like, I didn't even see it. Where did that come from? So. I think there's a part of that that keeps guys interested to your point, KT, and, and keeps it from getting like where it's, oh, they're going to run this. So this is what we do. Yeah, I know. We do that every week. Okay. You know, like, no, yeah. we're going to move guys around. We're going to give you a chance to, you know, come downhill and play in a position that maybe, you know, you haven't played that much of, you know. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, so, hey, you're going to play – is this game, do you think, potentially for our league MVP? Uh, I think uh, Dak versus, uh, versus um, Patrick Mahomes is very interesting. I have some numbers here. We also have Matthew Stafford, who's had a couple bad days. And I also have uh, Josh Allen pulled up as well because, you know, he's – Would you, maybe Kyler should be in the mix too. Oh, he absolutely will be. If he comes back and they end up getting the one seed, it's going to be hard not to give him. I kind of think this. Like, I'll pull I, Kyler up too, just so I, we have all five. I know the odds on favorite right now in Vegas is Josh Allen, and I think the reason he is is because I think that maybe Vegas feels like the NFC right now is such a mixed bag because there's like five different teams sure. that all have quarterbacks that you're like, well, if they get the one seed, it could be them, where you kind of feel confident, I guess, with the Bills. Here's what it is on um, BetMGM, by the way, the, the lines. It's um, it's Josh Allen plus two hundred, Brady plus four, Cowboys Dak plus seven, Matthew Stafford plus nine, and Kyler's plus fourteen hundred. He's got Lamar and Aaron, Lamar and Aaron Rodgers between them. So he fell because of the fact that you know obviously he hasn't played because uh, of his injury recently. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers is in the mix too. I I, I feel yeah, like it's going right. to go, I feel like it's going to go to whoever gets the one seed, in the NFC at the end of the day. I think that's who gets MVP, the quarterback of that, the one seed. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, that's possible. Let me pull up Aaron Rodgers too. Just so who do you think has the highest completion? Actually, percentage? actually, hold on. I got to backtrack on that because I'd be foolish to say that if Patrick Mahomes is, this is a start of a big run for them. They end up getting the one seed 
in, in the AFC, you know, he has a huge day against the Cowboys and this train just starts rolling back like it was before. Patrick Mahomes can get MVP too, obviously. Here's the race between defensive player of the year. Bet MGM lines. Miles Garrett plus 275 is the favorite. Then we got Trevon Diggs plus 300 and TJ Watt plus five. So I yeah. have no, I have no life. So I follow these things pretty closely. So Miles Garrett has been the favorite pretty much since week one. Trayvon has been anywhere between two to like four. Uh, and obviously I feel like he goes, he falls and then he gets an interception. And he goes right back up to two. I think it's going to be tough for him to get it over Miles Garrett unless he, you know, has some crazy interception total. Like if he was to get 13 or 14 picks, I think he's got a real chance of winning defensive player of the year. But if he, if he gets 10 or 11, I don't know that that'll, that that'll be enough. Obviously he's got eight right now, so he's on a great pace, but it's going to be tough to beat out Miles Garrett. I think the other, the other two races that have just, I mean, are just dog walks at this point are Dak for comeback player of the year. He's just lapping Joe Burrow right now in second. Oh my God. And then, and then defensive rookie of the year all year has been Micah. But number two is just a revolving door. It's been like at sometimes it's been Jer- Jeremiah Usu Karamoa, Patrick Sertan, yeah, uh, Aziz Ojalari o- has been from, in there. Um, Odafe Owe from uh, right, right from the Ravens. It's gonna be. Okay. It's gonna take me a while to get past that because um, I always think of him as Jason Owe because he played. He was an ed- edge rusher for Penn State. And I just think about that because Micah sat out last year, and it's like, man, if you had those two dudes playing last year together at Penn State, it would have been pretty wild. But anyway, sorry. Allen, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Kyler, Dak, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Who leads in completion percentage so far? Mm, Dak. Yeah, maybe Dak. Dak's number two at 70%. The only one above 70% is Kyler at 72%. Okay? That surprises me. I'm Okay. Maybe it's because they do a lot more like short pass and stuff like that. Because I just see Kyler taking a lot more like chances with some stuff, throwing some stuff up than Dak does. But they have a lot of other like. It's uh, a lot of Rondell running, Moore running back, yeah, screens, yeah, right, right, it's things like that. Throwing it to Chase Edmonds, things like that. Okay, touchdown passes. Who's got the Who's got the most? Uh, Josh Allen, I would say. Yeah, it's tough because so many of these guys have missed games. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, and there's a you know not not everyone's played the same amount of games. Yeah, so any any Cowboys total. Yeah, any totals, Dak's not going to be in there. Um, touchdown passes. I should know this. I should know this. Uh, is it Mahomes? It's Mahomes at 25. Oh, okay. It's 24 for uh, Stafford. Uh, I didn't put Brady up there uh, just because I was kind of ran a numbers thing to compare. Oh, you didn't put Brady, him in the list. Brady, Brady could have a ton. I just think, I guess it's not out of the world that Brady could ha- take an MVP run. Oh, yeah. Uh, if the Bucks he, get the one seed, he's right there. He's in it. Yeah. I like this one, though. Number of sacks. Who's taken the least amount of sacks of the people I've mentioned there? Dak. It is Dak. 11. Yeah. I mean, he's also played two less games than a lot of these guys, though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but he is. More. I mean, he has been great under pressure, whether it's getting the ball out of sure. his hands, uh, extending plays, throwing the ball away and things like that. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying, like, it's just tough with, like, you know, Rodgers missed... He missed one. Well, yeah, but let's say yeah, one, sack, yeah. I can I can pull it up sacks per game. Okay, yeah, 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 do that. Dak hasn't been on the ground this year. He just hasn't. He hasn't. This hasn't been right. a narrative. Yeah, basically, of, well, of their problem when he has been, it's on these short runs where he slides like real early. Yeah, Dak is getting averaging one and a half sacks per game, 
and everyone's a little he's the best out of those six. Hey, he's taking the fewest mean, amount of sacks. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, so just tell me no. But yeah. um whatever you're looking at, is there a way to like look at how that compares to the rest of his career? No. Okay. I mean there is I'm just wondering not, quickly, Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. it would take a while, no, but I'm just wondering how, how that does, because that seems like a pretty low number. Aaron Rodgers is throwing a, a 0.4 interceptions per game, but Dak is next of those six. 0.6 interceptions per game. See, Mahomes is throwing a pick. How many, how many does Dak have total? Uh, Dak total has... I think he's, he's a, thrown... 11, four, did you say? He's thrown five. five. No, no, sacks. How many times have he been oh, sacked? Oh, sacks, 11. 11? Yeah, 11. So basically yeah. this entire season he's been sacked as many times as that one game when yeah. they didn't have Tyron in Atlanta. Well, sorry, go on. But, uh, so, well, another another one I think is um, if you're looking at like yards, just yards gain per game, throwing through the air, okay, averaging. Uh, he's about right in the middle there at 294. Number one um, is Kyler. R- Actually, it's Mahomes. Oh, okay. Uh, Mahomes is uh, getting. Let's see. No, I'm sorry. Stafford 301, 301 per yeah. game through the air. Mahomes 294. Dak's right there. Okay, who's uh, got TD, the most TD interceptions? Passes per, TD passes per game, two and a half for Dak, two and a half for Mahomes, okay. 2.4 for Stafford. Um, interceptions, the most Yeah. of those six per game or yeah. total? Do, do total. Mahomes. Really? Mahomes then okay. Kyler. Now, in total, uh, Mahomes has uh, – I'm sorry, I lost it there. Mahomes has 10 to Dak's five. Um, Trayvon has to beat 11 this well Stafford's (laughs) got 8 now because he threw 2 last night that's right yeah Uh, and he looked bad against Tennessee so I kind of thought you know Stafford I thought was kind of going to cruise towards it you know what I've discovered and I I think this is true I think the Cardinals and the Rams are your teams that are built for 10 games and I think the Cowboys and I think the Packers and I think the Bucks there in the NFC those are teams that are built for 20 games there's enough depth on both teams to get through it. I'm not sure there's enough depth to get through it for the Rams. Um, just take a few injuries and watch them kind of fade a little bit because guess what? They don't have any draft picks. They never do. Well, the other thing is too it. with the Rams is that you can sit there and, and think you're getting old OBJ, and you might, but you have to see it first. But you need it to be old OG, OBJ now that yeah. Robert Woods is out. Like, you can't get by with him just being like, oh, this is fun. Like, no, you need him now. So yeah. are you going to get him? And then, and then honestly, on defense, too, you need Von Miller to, I'm not saying play like he's in his prime, but you need him to be a serious force every week. And I don't know if he's still that. I don't know. Maybe he is. You're lucky yeah, that, the, that Chiefs didn't end up with OBJ because that was very close to happening. Cowboys might oh, be, oh, be hold playing up, hold him up, this hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. If you're a Cowboys fan and OBJ comes anywhere close to being what he was before, just be happy he didn't go to Green Bay. That's That's the one that, because everybody has to feel like this train is running, this Cowboys train is running into Green Bay somewhere, whether it's at AT AT&T Stadium or it's at Lambeau. That's that's fine. I don't think that, this is the thing, this is the thing with, with, with with the Rams. Like, there's a lot of guys there that haven't done it. Yep. Like, like Aaron Donald yeah. has gotten to a Super Bowl, but like Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game. You know, the OBJ has to me would have been OBJ like, and Pat Mahomes. I mean, that Aaron Rodgers is Cowboys kryptonite. Like, and then the fact that it's Rodgers versus McCarthy. Like, there's just so many levels there that like you will gladly rather play the Rams than the Packers. I'd, I'd rather have Green Bay than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the team I don't want. 
in the playoffs. And how serious is this? Is this Vita Vea injury? It sounds like it's not. Uh, they dodged a bullet, and it's not going to okay. be long term. And then like what he, about uh, what about he's going to stay in the mix there? I'm because, doing but, I'm doing math and, in my head here. Well, okay, what about Aaron Jones? How significant is that? We're looking at two weeks probably. Okay, they may, well, they may make it three now. Now uh, the Rams and the uh, they have their bye coming up. Green Bay has their bye in week thirteen. So you know the Green Bay's going to get a chance to heal up a little bit. And then the what Rams about Rams? Chance to heal up a little bit. Arizona's got a bye coming up. You know the Cowboys already and, and the Bucks have already you know burned their bye weeks. And the I think Pan- that's a big storyline. You add a week to the season, and then if you get an early bye week, I think that's bad for you. Okay, and then the Packers are still getting going to get back. We're talking playoffs. They're still going to get back. Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith, right? Zadaria Smith is, is a big question mark. Okay. Uh, but they're going to get Jair Alexander back. Um, David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, is going to come back. Whitney Merciless is out for the year, um, and he just got a sack. Where is the game uh, going to be day. played? I mean, if the – Dallas. Right now, right now – Okay, if it's going to be played Based in Dallas, sched- then give me give me the Packers instead da- of Tampa. If it's going to be played on the road, give me Tampa. I do not want to go to Green Bay. You know the the thing that's very interesting: Green Bay and Dallas have about an equal uh, equal difficulty in schedule, in in my opinion, closing out the year. Well, no, I say that Dallas only has uh, Kansas City. We'll we'll call the we'll call the Raiders game a tough game, yeah. right? For fun, yeah. We'll call the Saints game a tough game for fun. Okay. All the division games we'll say are not tough games. But you we'll should say Arizona. Out of just common knowledge of it being a division, I think we should assume at least one will be tough. Yeah. Just by accident. I mean, the Washington football team just took down the Tampa team you were just talking about, and it wasn't like it was a fluke win. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't just assume that they just win every one of those division games. They're, one of them could be tough. The Eagles Packers might start have... getting on track, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah. I just want to assume the... those are all wins. The Cowboys are the only team that has to play three games in 12 games, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that benefits the Cowboys. or At some point, you get a little bit of an extended break, almost a second bye once you get through it. It but, benefits you if you can avoid any major injuries. Like, that's the whole yeah. thing about the bringing Tyron back. Like, are you bringing him back, and then he suffers this setback, and then you're missing these next two games? I mean, well, yeah. and, and whatever part of the game that you miss against Kansas City, like— it's a tough, it's a tough stretch right here. But then again, it's also like, well, you're not going to leave him if he's got a chance of coming back. You're not going to be like, oh, just skip these next three games in twelve days. You want him out there as soon as possible. I guess too, the Packers have a game in hand on the Cowboys based on you know they had the bye. Uh, the Cowboys had their bye week already. Yeah. Here's the Packers' remaining schedule: Vikings, Rams. Uh, that's the week after the Chiefs games is Rams. Uh, bye week: Bears, Ravens, Browns. I have no idea what the Browns are. You're right. Vikings, Lions. Let me pull up the Rams schedule because because I think it's a I, I think like these guys are gonna the, the West teams are gonna cannibalize each other. We've we've said that from the beginning. I don't just don't worry about happens? them. Yeah, to a certain extent. I just don't worry about them as much. If if you're the Cowboys, you're just like, well, they're new to this party. You know, they're not they haven't been there and done anything yet. Like when you got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, those are the things that concern you because there's not much you're going to throw at them in a playoff game that they're not going to be ready for. And especially if they're playing at home. I mean, actually with Rodgers and Brady, it doesn't matter where they're playing, but those are the things that concern you more than anything else because they're a coach, player, leader, whatever, all of that combined on the field going against you. Like, don't get me wrong. Kyler Murray is great. Matthew Stafford can play at an incredible level and he could throw four or five touchdown passes against you in a playoff game. But like, 
I would take my chances against them who haven't shown that they can win in the postseason over anybody that's involved with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But in terms of the race in the NFC, the Rams have to play the Packers and the Cardinals again right. up there at the top. And then the only team at the top the Cowboys have to play there is the Cardinals. Uh, the Bucks, and this is where I think it is. This is where I think the one seed ends up being. Um, and the tiebreaker, too, could come into play um, because of week one. Giants on Monday night at the Colts. You know, that could be an interesting one. I still don't know what the Colts are doing. Falcons, then the Bills, and then they have the Saints and the Panthers. So, you know, I don't know. Just six games left for the Bucks too, though. I mean, all of their dirty work is, is kind of done, too. So now we're just kind of – it's a sprint, dude. I, I That game yesterday or on Sunday, though, with the way Washington handled them with Heineke and crew – Chase Young going down and then beating them like that. I just, I don't know. There's something about that that I was like, mm, maybe this isn't the team that I thought they were. The Bucks don't. The, the Bucks will all be ready to go once it's playoff time. I mean, again, that right. was a team that was seven and five last year. Flipped a switch, got hot, went on a run. Right. The, but if is that the is that the one place outside of Green Bay in the NFC where you wouldn't have a home field advantage if you played on the road? Yeah. Because if you, if you play in Arizona and L.A., that's a home game. Is that a home game in Tampa Bay? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, and even if it's not, it'll be 50-50. But yeah. their banner-raising thing was like 50-50. That's amazing. So it's Florida. Yeah, it's Florida, yeah. You think there's diehard Bucks fans? Yeah, I'm sure all 1,700 of them will be there. But, like, Cowboys fans will travel that game big time. And on the flip side, I, I, I could see there's maybe some Cowboys fans perhaps listening to this right now and going – yeah, but what if with a playoff game, it happens like it did with the Broncos at AT&T State? That was a noon game against the Broncos. People are going to sell their tickets to those games. They're not going to be selling their tickets to a, yeah. a Cowboys playoff game at AT&T Stadium. I promise you that. They will be trampling each other to get in the door for the standing room only tickets, like I got some video of before the Seattle game the last time they hosted <laughs> a playoff game. That video be has a become Cowboys a meme game. for other situations. Have you seen that, John? Uh, yeah, some people have, have forwarded it to me when it's uh, going like they'll in, throw in, it out in appropriate directions. They'll, yeah, they'll throw it out in some – I'll see see some political thread on Twitter, and there will be that video randomly <laughs> oh, yeah. inserted into it with with credit with John Mishota. It's got like millions of plays on it because people go back and find it. Those people trampling each other. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Uh, awesome. Um, uh, but no, Tampa uh, probably has more of a chance to your point, KT, than like I agree with you 100%. Like L.A., will not be a Rams home game. Arizona, mm, I find that hard to believe either. Uh, Tampa Bay, I, I still think would be a decent amount of Cowboys fans, maybe maybe 50-50, maybe a little bit less, but they will certainly be heard. Green Bay is the spot where, mm, there'll be. I mean, there'll be Cowboys fans there, don't get me wrong. I remember Cowboys fans being there in 2014, but it, it won't be the same. Are we getting the kicker back this week? It seems like that is the case. You know, it's tough to pro- project with anything COVID related, but it, it appears that uh, that seems to be the case. But I don't I don't I think that they'll have Liram ready to go uh, just in case they need to, uh, which will be interesting because you could see by their game plan uh, last week. They really didn't want him to go out there and kick unless he absolutely had to being yeah. obviously extra points. So now all of a sudden you go outside, you know, kickoffs, things like that. I mean, they much they would certainly prefer to have Greg the leg back. And and really, they got out the other day though without anything crazy injury wise. Should be good. Didn't really uh, lose anybody the other day, so kind of all set. You just kind of wish that you had. Now again, I, I wish Randy Gregory was able to play in this game, but 
Oh, Neville Gallimore, Tank, any of those guys. Yeah, any of those guys. But, you know, like, like where are we at on Tristan Hill? He dabbled. He, he got dabbled. out there a little bit. Got out there a little bit, yeah. Uh, Kelvin Joseph doesn't really matter. You're not going to get a lot of playing time when the corners are playing like they are. Uh, I will say, there was one third the down. When there, there was one third down where the, he was lined up across from Kyle Pitts pretty early in the game, and I was like, mm, Matt Ryan's going after this matchup, and he didn't. So, right. Kel- Kelvin held his own there. That was when I saw that. I don't know, like watching on TV, how you guys felt, but like watching it in the stadium that that first couple of series, I just felt like Kyle Pitts was just going to make every single catch, and he was going to get thrown to like it was, you know, Stafford to Calvin Johnson in his prime, like early on, and then kind of went away. I I certainly didn't I didn't have Jordan Lewis checking Kyle Pitts uh, for an extended period of time on my on my bingo card. So, but <laughs> hey, it worked. Yeah, and look, I, Lyle was good. And uh, the other day, which is good to see, kind of got to clean up those penalties with old Connor, though. You know, that's kind of getting a little out of hand there. Um, Did you find it interesting that when they had I, when it when it got to the Cooper Rush time that Connor McGovern was the center and not Connor sliding over? Remember, there was a long time where Connor was the backup center. It looks like Connor McGovern is taking that over. That's not fantasy football, though. You know, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're but right. But no, I'm not. I didn't think much of it uh, because. I think they probably threw the flag and said Connor Williams is done at center at that point. Yeah, we made that call in the preseason. So I don't. I, the only thing that I would say is like, if Tyron, is there a benefit to rushing Tyron back for just because it's the Chiefs? Like there to is me, not to me. There's not no, and that's the only thing I I'd be leery of. But it sounds like they're good to go with Tyron at left tackle. So I uh. And, and, you, and you also have to lean on him to be honest with you and your training staff that if there is something that feels like it's a little off, then come out of the game and let Terrence Steele go in there. And, and Terrence Steele, I don't know, from my not professional offensive line judgment, I thought that he looked like he was better in that game than he was the week before. So you know, I absolutely you, thought that. I mean, that was the thing I was watching the most. Uh, yeah. was just how's Terrence still going to play? That's the thing I was watching the most. We were watching the snap and things like that, and I thought he was great. And yeah, and I think McCarthy should get. Well, I'll, I'll give it to both of them, McCarthy and Joe Philbin. And Joe Philbin was with McCarthy for a lot of those years in Green Bay. Should get credit for sticking with a Terrence Steele because Terrence Steele was good. And it's not like the, the Falcons are throwing a bu- throwing a bunch of you know game changing pass rushers at you. Uh, obviously, that's more in the middle with Grady Jarrett. But, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, David Bakhtiari is a late-round guy. And Lane Taylor was a late-round guy who they could stick in at guard over the years. You know, they, Green Bay never had a bunch of first-round draft picks that they were popping on the offensive line very often uh, in the McCarthy tenure. Um, meanwhile, you know, here in Dallas, it's obviously Travis and Zach and Tyron. And Lyle was a weird deal, but... You know, not a first-round pick, but obviously if you were going to take him, you would have taken him in the first or second round. In Green Bay, they always kind of got by without having the best offensive line in the league, but doing a good enough job for a high-paid veteran quarterback with kind of day three type of guys in the draft. And I think McCarthy and Joe Philbin should get credit for their development of offensive linemen. I got another one for you, KT, and I just remember this one because uh, he's a Michigan guy. Uh 
TJ Lang they found in the fourth round. He ended up making a couple of Pro Bowls. TJ Lang, absolutely. Um, JC Treader, I mean, he was not a first round pick um, at center for all those years. Like, it's just it's just a few names. I mean, it's not it's not anything crazy. Uh, the, the year they won the Super Bowl, Marshall Newhouse. You say it's not crazy, but for Cowboys fans, they should love hearing what you're saying because I feel like for the early portion of my covering this team, you were like, we have to have five first-round picks on the offensive line or this thing will not work, you know? I I am the guy who wanted uh, Rashawn Slater, but also what we saw last year was not fair to Brandon Knight and Derrick Steele getting stuck in there because the key word there is develop. You know what's kind of wild about all that, though, guys and plug them in and play. Guys got hurt that allowed those guys to go play. But what's wild about that is that yeah, you'd prefer to have Micah Parsons, but like considering how hit or miss the draft can be, like really anybody they would have taken there looks like it'd have been pretty good. You know, I area, mean, if they take yeah. if they uh, they take Slater, it's not like anybody would sit in there saying, "Wow, that's an awful pick." If Sertan falls, I don't think anybody was saying it's an awful pick. Horn obviously got hurt, but I don't think anybody. You know, I think he'll be good for a long, long time too. So they were kind of just in a sweet spot there of in a good, good, good spot, good possession. I mean, well. I, I say that, but it's like, no, even, heck, even if they needed a quarterback or a wide receiver, like, they they were in a good spot right there. The first round tackle that I that I probably forgot there was Brian Belaga, though. They did there have you go. that. They yeah. did have that one first round pick. The, the thing, the things, uh, Bob wrote a really good piece, too, today uh, to check out that. Bob Sturm, I'm speaking of, of course, kind of talking about how the Cowboys are treating fourth downs. And it's a good, he did a good research piece of looking back at some past fourth down uh, numbers with McCarthy and some of his years in Green Bay. But that's one of the things I talked about that I, I feel like I need to reiterate sometimes because I have been harsh on McCarthy with game management, timeout usage, and things like that. But I, I will say this, and this is one thing that I said from the beginning, he is not Jason Garrett in that he wants to go win games 43-3, to whereas Jason Garrett's happy to win a game 23-20. to McCarthy wants to go blow you out. He wants to go use all four of those downs. And I think that's something I hope that I, I said clearly in the beginning when he was hired. I pulled up a thing just because it's such a thing. It's a thing that I think about a lot because it, it for whatever reason, it gets talked about a lot. But I was looking at the NFL head coaches and how many of those head coaches would I rather have than Mike McCarthy, knowing what we know through 10 weeks of this season? How many head coaches would I rather have than McCarthy? And I got to about 11. Okay. And that's about... That's about what I kind of thought when they hired him. That's fair. Middle middle of the pack type of guy. Yeah. It's kind of what I thought. But he should get credit for the way this team has played and prepared most weeks. And and I do think that that's important. And I think the mindset of we're going to be aggressive and we're going to try to go score, I think it's important to give him credit for that. Can we have I'll some fun? This. Let me Hold on. Let me, let me ask you something because yeah. you had him at 11. What if I tell you that the defensive coordinator is Mike Nolan – and the offensive coordinator is Mike McCarthy. What do you have met then? It shouldn't. It shouldn't impact this KT. It shouldn't have any impact at all. It shouldn't. But it's. We didn't know though. Mike I still Nolan, think he, I, knew, I still think you have him in the upper past, half. We didn't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but yeah, probably upper half. Which, which that's the thing. My, my issues were. There were there's there's a lot of levels to it, but level one was the search irritated me. Yeah, I didn't feel like they or did lack their, thereof. I didn't feel like they they exhausted all options, and that's where I kind of got upset. But like the McCarthy thing, I swear I'm not backpedaling because there will be a game when he drives you nuts again. It hasn't happened in a month, 
It hasn't happened in almost two months, actually. You know, it hasn't really happened since September. It can happen three or four times as long as those times aren't in January. I think people will be fine with it. I agree. And if he can put together to. three or four games in January and early February where he's on a roll, all will be forgotten if there's some bad games coming in the, in the next month. And, and if you can somehow avoid those type of crucial mistakes in game, but your preparation and culture and roster and really football ideology kind of end up outweighing those things and those mistakes don't kill you, then it's fine. Hey. I'm just always going to go to sleep every night, assuming Th- that that's going to kill me, and it might. Thinking of decision making and things like that from the head coach in the, in in middle of the game situations. Uh, one thing I had to mention that we didn't get in the post game uh, after the Falcons game. You remember that pass that uh, J. Ron Curse knocked loose that it was ruled as a catch, and they, and McCarthy challenged. Shout out to whoever's running the big board at AT and T Stadium. They had that replay up, zoomed in, like, so fast. You could hear it. You could hear the crowd. Yeah, that they had it so fast that McCarthy went off of that because he got he got to see it there before he even got the review from the guys up in the booth on his headset. So he was able—I mean, it was crazy how fast they had it on that big screen. Like, it was immediate. Like, because you saw Atlanta was running to the line because they weren't sure. They were ready to just get a playoff. Curse is yelling to McCarthy like he dropped, he dropped it. And you can tell that Mike McCarthy wasn't going to go on just a player saying it, you know, because obviously, you know, sometimes guys will say that even though they don't know for sure. He wanted to see the replay. They have a process. They go up in the booth because they usually see the replays a little bit before everyone else does. And then they call down and they'll tell him. So Mike McCarthy had the red flag in his hand. He's ready to go. But I watched this all go down and then he confirmed it uh, on Monday. He looks up at that big screen, he sees it, and he throws the flag right away. And he hadn't even gotten word, but it was such a good, clean look. And as everybody that's been to AT&T, AT&T Stadium knows, that sideline view from that big screen is incredible. And so, I mean, you it was can like, tell. yeah, it was perfect. Like the way they zoomed in, I couldn't believe how fast that they they responded with that. But then again, kind of felt the well, same way in 2014 up in Green Bay with how fast they had the, the multiple different angles on the big screen at Lambeau of the It's Dez just a catch. small screen. That's yeah. the only thing is in Green Bay, it's a tiny screen. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But the other, but it was easy to, to see it very quickly. And also, Curse was running, you know, from the beginning, though, Curse was up and saying, hey, throw right, it. Right. Let's go. Um, and I had yeah, Russell Gage, no catches. I did not have that in my... In my uh, you know DraftKings lineup uh, <laughs> that I set, I kind of had him in there. Uh, him and Pitts might get some yards. Uh, let's do some picks here and then get on out of here. Cowboys Chiefs Sunday three twenty five. I'll go first. For the first time since week one, I'm picking against the Cowboys. Chiefs thirty seven, Cowboys thirty four. Kent, go get him. <laughs> I will go Cowboys forty four. Chiefs forty three. Scoregami. I don't know. I think Greg the Leg might uh, have some have a miracle at the end. Uh, I'm gonna go Scoregami. Sorry, I'm gonna go Chiefs as well. Thirty four, thirty one. I think uh, I think it's gonna be a shootout back and forth. A lot of a lot of passing in this game. A lot of not a lot of running. I think uh, Dak has a good game. I think him and I think at the end you'll look at the numbers and it'll be very close to what Mahomes puts up. But unfortunately, Ken, I do think it comes down to field goal that ends up being missed to force overtime. Oh. What's what's the score again there? 34 31. 34 31. Yeah. 
41. No, are you talking about me or are you talking about Kent? You, 34-31? Yeah. That Kent 44-43 would be a scorigami. How do you know that? Because I went to the scorigami website. Oh. Did you know that there's never been a game that was 2-2? Two to two? Well, I can see that. And if there was, you know, the Lions probably also, played in it. There's also never been a 4-0 game. Are the, uh, anything so are that, the green ones the ones that haven't been or the ones that have? The green ones are the ones that have happened. Okay. Like that 73 to nothing is pretty good. I also like that 73 or 72 to 41 game. If you click on it there, that was the Redskins. Oh, Washington football team and the New York Giants. What's that? What's the highest scoring one? Uh, that one, 72 to 41. When was this? 73 to zero was 66. Chicago Bears in Washington, 1940 was 73 to zero. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it up on 66. So we had some forward passes being attempted. 73 to zero in 1940. How bad was was Washington? See, that doesn't. <laughs> dude, yeah, but dude. see, that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me because man, you watch any old like college football highlights and stuff like that. You can run the wing T, and if you can just keep running, and they can't do anything about it, you just keep running downhill points? and running downhill. That's, in, that's tough. That's you got to score on almost like every 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 time you get the ball, you got to score a touchdown, basically. Yeah, and the other team goes three and out almost every time because they yeah. don't even belong in the field. Yeah, but this this NFL is there's just too much parity for that ever to happen. In in 1946, the Cleveland Browns 66, the Brooklyn Dodgers 14. Well, duh. Yeah, if it's a baseball team. Oh, no, that was a football team oh, for a okay, while. Okay. My bad. Uh, 66 nothing in 1920, Rochester Jefferson's beat Fort Porter 66 oh. to nothing. People in Rochester still talk about that game. But but Kent said 44 to 43. And I as I put it up, there's a 44 42 that happened in 97 between the Eagles and the Bengals. So 44 43 is up for grabs. Let's do Let's it. Go. Kent, Somehow Kent picks a scoregami pretty much every week in the last four I don't weeks. do that on like purpose. It. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, I like it, but yeah. Uh, Kelsey Charles is a big proponent of the the scorigami. I saw that yeah, word so going yeah, around on Twitter. I'm like, what is what is this? I didn't know yeah. there was a website associated with it. But didn't the Cowboys have one this year? Uh, let's see. There's been a couple games. One... There's been two games this year so far. That right. I, know I thought the Cowboys that, had, that had one. Scores that haven't happened, but I don't know. It wasn't... They weren't the Cowboys. Huh. I think it was a Patriots game. <laughs> With the way Mike McCarthy likes to go for two when there's a penalty on the extra point, I feel like they're in the running for pulling one of these off. Yeah. Uh, The old, the old, old, let's make this 36 to three is just a real odd, odd, odd score. The latest one. Yeah. Packers 17. Oh, that was the second time on that one. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Seahawks, nothing good because they they have the thing that shows you. I don't know, man. Well, there's going to be one. There's going to be one this Sunday when Kent's score is correct, and it's I, I'm going to enjoy it's it. Possible. There was no in. There was none in week ten. Okay, according to the Scoregami yeah. website. But yeah, let's get crazy. I think it's going to be fun. A lot of barbecue. So if you're up there, hit the uh, parking lots before the game. For those yeah, smells. And, and if you see Father John, just tweet at him at John Machota. He'll come out and have a yeah, he will. with you. He'll meet up with you. He'll actually buy you a beer, too. I will do that. So take him up on that. He says it, but he might have a lot going on. But he said he'll do it. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> Depends if he's got a lot going on. 
Uh, well, uh, keep following The Athletic all week. Obviously, Bob had a great piece up, as I mentioned. John has got some stuff up as well, as always. And we'll have more throughout the week because that's what he do. He's Father John Mishota for a reason. For our producer, Kent Garrison, for Father John Mishota, I'm KT. We'll talk to you Sunday night after the game of the year, Chiefs and Cowboys. Here, I'm Dr. Cowboys. Dr. Prescott, it's good to see you.